Oh, yeah, we're really rocking it now, Duke. Bringing in uh, thriller Michael Jackson on Halloween. Wow. You're just going into the depths of the uh, uh, the annals of uh, the digital programming here at uh, the Stingray Studios to find all this stuff. Very impressive, Duke. Very impressive. Some of them are a little deeper in the vaults than others. <laughs> that one a little closer to the top of the pile. That's so. a, that, you know, that was well, probably one of the greatest selling albums in the history of pop music, I would imagine. Uh, Big Michael Jackson on Halloween today. Uh, welcome back to the big program. Time to uh, welcome in our uh, Tuesday co-host from 9 to 11, Grant Fuhr. Good morning, Fuhrzy. How's it going in Palm Desert? Uh, you know what? It's pretty good. Yeah. Still getting, still catching up on rest from the weekend, but it was a good weekend. Well, your voice sounds a little uh, raspy after all the festivities you had to take in. And uh, what was it like to to be here for the last, uh, I guess, three days? You got here Thursday. Did you make it? You made it to the game in time on Thursday, correct? I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely made it up for that, and got a chance to catch up with a bunch of old teammates, some friends that I grew up with from grade school. So it was a good weekend. Um, on Friday, you were right again, and you guys were running around like the alumni. You guys had many, many events. Can you kind of run us through what you guys were starting to do right from Friday morning, I guess? Yeah, what do we do Friday morning? Friday morning, I did Fan Fest. Uh, where else do we run to? We did a, an outing for some kids over at Rogers. Mm-hmm. So we galloped all over the city and just kind of made ourselves reacquainted with the community again. You had, uh, was it the Willie O'Ree thing you kind of were at as well? Yeah, I came back for yeah. Willie's stamp unveiling. And so, yeah, we tried to do as many things as possible, see as many people as we could, and made it a pretty good four days. Yeah. What was the reaction at FanFest to see all the people down there? It was cold on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll vouch for that. That's where the <laughs> voice went. I mean, we sat out there for two hours, but no, you got to kudos to the fans. They mm-hmm. came, they lined up, and it was not a warm day and the wind blew probably 20 and it had a little bite in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Grant, I went to the um, Golden Bears football game on Saturday afternoon and she was cold there as well. So I know exactly what you're talking about to sit in the stands and uh, stand around and watch that. Uh, every time you come back here, you must just go, man, this is just a great, great uh, hockey city in the sense where people get behind events and and the Oilers kind of lead that because people want to be I guess associated with uh, everything that the hockey club does and the success that the team had so when you look at coming back and and spending time with the fans what's that what's that do to you on the inside kind of thing you know what you still appreciate it and love it I mean they used to call the city the city of champions it's not so much because we were winning the Eskimos were winning but it's because of the fans more than anything is you look at what they volunteer for. You look at how they support everything in the city. And that's the great part about that city is it supports every event. Well, you're exactly right about that. It's an event city. And especially when you get 55,411 in the stands uh, for the heritage classic, just your, um, what were your thoughts, emotions, just kind of, you know, when you're introduced out there and you're kind of being involved in, uh, with the fans and just uh, taking in the game as a whole? Uh, you know what? It's a great experience. Brought back a lot of good memories. I mean, I'm a little thankful that it wasn't quite like 2003 <laughs> where we about froze to death. But no, it, it's fun to be in the city. It's fun to hang out with the fans again, get to talk to a lot of people. And 
there's no better place to come back to. And you talk to some of the current team, and you just explain to them that it's a phenomenal fan base. Yeah, they can be critical at times, but it's because they care. And I think that's the beauty of that city, and that's the fun of playing in that city is the fans do care. Do you think the atmosphere was a lot different than 2003 on Sunday night? It was very, I think it was very similar. I mean, the only difference is everybody knew what to expect. I think that's the only difference in it is you'd seen it in 2003 and 20 years later, they still do a phenomenal show. They still put it on and it's fabulous and the fans loved it. And the Oilers rose to the occasion. Grant Fears are co-host on Tuesdays, 9 to 11 on Sports 1440. Did you get a chance, uh, were you near the Nickelback stage in the second uh, period intermission? No, we were on the opposite side. Okay. Still a great still a great show. My granddaughter was thrilled with all the fireworks and the pyrotechnics that they display. So it turned out to be a great day. So we had Frank Saravalli on a little earlier on uh, every every Tuesday. We have him on Grant at 820. So Frank said his greatest memory that, he, that he'll have is that he shared it with his son there. So will that be uh, a component that you'll never forget, I guess, sharing it with your granddaughter and the rest of your family? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I got a chance to sit with my daughter and son-in-law, my granddaughter, and watch the game. And that that's always special when you get an opportunity to do that. So, no, that's definitely one of the special memories I'll take out of that. When you watch the game then, um, what did you get out of watching the game? Because as we know, the, you know, the sight lines aren't the greatest. We you, you take it for what it is because you're there for the atmosphere. Um, did you watch the game differently than you would watch a normal game? No, I still watch it the same. You still kind of pick and analyze things a little bit. and I, Part of being a fan is enjoying watching the game, but part of being an analyst is you still sit and analyze the game. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fun to do a little different vantage point, but at the same time, we have pretty good seats. Grant Fuhrer is with us, uh, Sports 1440, our co-host on uh, Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Uh, were you able to kind of focus in on Stuart Skinner a little bit more uh, than you would normally watch or the same? And then what did you see? Uh, You know what? Coming to town, obviously I sit and still read the news about Edmonton and such and follow the team pretty closely. So I thought he played extremely well against the Rangers, even though they didn't get the win out of it. And he was good again during the Heritage Classic. I think that's the other thing is he played very well. He looked calm and Mm -hmm. That's what you want. I mean, he had to make a couple of big saves early and did that. And the guys actually played extremely well on Sunday. How would you say it is to deal with uh, the ice conditions? I know it was just an an alumni game for you uh, 20 years ago, but um, how do you would you say and how would you compare ice conditions? How a goalie reacts to certain uh, times on the ice, certain instances uh, during the play. I think the only real difference is the puck will bounce a little bit more. So you got to be a little more careful with everything. Long shots that come in may not just slide. They may have that little hop at the end. So you got to be a little bit more careful with that. But at the same time, the ice around the nets is usually pretty good. Mm. I don't know what it is. They, they seem to find a way to make good ice for goalies. It seemed there was like the, around the net, there was a couple problems with the net going off a little more than, than normal. Did you see that or is there a reason for that or can you explain that? I think it's just outdoor ice. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest difference is, yeah, the indoor ice is a little more uniform. Outdoor ice has a little more variable to it, and you're, you're going to get a little bit more play in the nets and that sort of thing. And if you really wanted to, yeah, you could take advantage of that as a goalie. So it, it's just part of being outdoors. 
Grant Fears, our uh, co-host on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show, every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Uh, we will be joined by one of Grant's old teammates, Doug Hicks, uh, coming up in about, oh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, did, did you bump into Hicksy over the course of the last uh, three, four days? Actually, no, I didn't get a chance to see yeah. Hicksy, so I saw a ton of other guys. Oh. Get to spend a little time with Kevin McClellan, my old roommate, so... <laughs> we caught up for a little bit, spent some time with Ronnie Lowe, Davey Hunter. So it was, it was a good cast of guys to hang out with. Anyone that you hadn't seen for a while? I haven't seen a lot of the guys for a while. So it, it's always fun to catch up with everybody. And it's it's funny, you might not see somebody for four or five years, but it picks up right where you left off. So the more it changes, the more it stays the same. <laughs> uh, why do you think that is, Grant? Is it just the fact that you have that common bond of uh, you know being a, a championship team or can you put your finger on why you know you could spend several years apart from someone but when you meet up with them it's like you saw them yesterday part of it's the group we had was really close I mean I think Glenn instilled in us that it was all family so we still treat it like it's family we we're all remain close friends and I think it's it's a bond that we'll all share for life and we enjoy it and we enjoy getting back together again with Grant Fear on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. As a whole, when you watched and analyzed the game, as you say, you do it a little uh, differently now that you've been doing uh, color commentary for uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds uh, for the last two seasons. Uh, what did you see as a whole, um, kind of the analytical, being an analyst, uh, in the eyes of an analyst, what did you see on Sunday night? Well, I think it's a whole different team with Connor in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And you could see that the energy, the jump was different than it was against the Rangers on Thursday night. And Thursday night, I thought they looked a little bit flat and just didn't seem to have any zip to their game, where Sunday was completely different. And whether it's because you're playing the Calgary Flames or whether it's because Connor's back in the lineup, it just seemed like a team that had more life and more jump to them. On Thursday, uh, when you were at the the ceremony and, and everything for for Charlie Huddy and, and Doug Waite, what uh, what emotions can you describe uh, for that, seeing a, a real good old friend and a, and a, and a great Oiler go up uh, to the Oilers Hall of Fame? Well, that's the fun stuff. You get to come back and see your teammates get recognized for what they accomplished. I mean, Dougie was a great captain for the city, played very well for the Oilers, and Charlie, of course, goes back a long way with myself and everybody else, and he was that unsung hero type of guy that really didn't get a lot of credit. So to finally see him get the credit that he deserves is always fun. And that's what you want to see. You want to see the guys that you played with get their just due. And for Mm -hmm. Charlie to get his just due finally, I think was pretty special. You know, it's funny, uh, Grant, I interviewed Charlie on Thursday. Yeah, around 1 o'clock, they had an availability uh, in the Hall of Fame room. And, uh, of course, Paul Coffey tells the story. And then Charlie adds to the story about when Charlie came up and Paul Coffey said to him, uh, you just stay, you, you know, I'll, I'll stay in front of the net and you work both corners. Uh, how many times have you heard that story? Well, I've heard it a lot. I've actually witnessed it. So, and if you're waiting for Koff to stay in front of the net, that's not really a bonus either. So, Charlie worked all three areas. Oh man, uh, you know they. Had, it was funny in the sense of, uh, and a good funny, that Charlie and Paul had that kind of 
sense of humor and were able to be able to communicate in that way, the same way that Bill Guerin and Doug Waite have that thing. Did you kind of, did you sense that? Could you find that? And did you feel that uh, when you heard the, the interviews and things like that over the course of, you know, Thursday and Friday and things like that? Oh yeah. You can see the special bond that they have. And I think that's the cool part is guys that are partners for a long time or play with, you play with somebody for a long time. Everybody has that special bond and, it's a bond that fans might not realize, but we as players and being in the room and seeing it, you know it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Hicks coming on in about five minutes. I'm sure you kind of have something that you'd want to ask Hicksy. Is there something that you think that you've got in the chamber ready to roll for uh, an old defenseman that you played? It was just one season, right, with Doug? Yeah, I played one with Hicksy, and he's the wine guru now. Yes, so, he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can ask him a couple questions about some wine. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been peddling wine for a long time now, hasn't he? He has. I think I was still living in the city when he started that. So it, it's been forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the store. He had the store on 142. Then he went up to St. Albert. And now I think he's at Bin 104. It's hard to keep track where he's going. Yeah, but it's funny. It's always successful. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to that. You know, he said, I, I, I was asking when he wanted to come on and stuff. And he goes, well, I got my deliveries. I got the, the orders coming in. I got this and that. And I said, but I, I said, it's, you know, it's going to be about 15 minutes. Can you take a break? And he goes, yeah, I can take a break. I can have a break. So uh, when we come back with uh, Grant Fuhr on Sports 1440, we'll check in with a former oiler and the former Flin Flon bomber. Uh, Doug Hicks. Uh, that's on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to 225 bucks off uh, select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December 16th. Book your appointment at fountaintire.com. Some restrictions do Apply, Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhrer, and now we welcome in Doug Hicks to the program. Good morning, Hicks. Good morning, KK. Hey, uh, just before we just before we get going, uh, congratulations on uh, on uh, you guys getting this up and running. Uh, love uh, having you with me on my way to work, uh, Gregor. In the afternoon, low tide, and finally, after all these years, KK realizing you have a face for radio that's perfect <laughs> i knew i knew that was in the chamber what do you think of that grant uh, yeah after calling me old there a couple weeks ago i uh, i had to get that out there oh. <laughs> well it's good to have you and grant on at the same time yeah hey fierzy how you doing i'm good hexy you i'm doing great thank you yeah you were uh you're up for the week there. I didn't. I was down south in Pincher Creek hunting uh, all week, so I'd just gotten back on Saturday, and uh, so uh, yeah, just the way things fell, I wasn't able to uh, to hang around and, and and see you guys. But uh, looked like you had a great time up there. Yeah, you know what? I think everybody had a good time and a chance to catch up with some of the old gang. I spent a little bit of time with Low Tide and Hunts, so yep. it's all. You know what? It's always fun to hang out with that group. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's a good. It's a good crew, and like you said earlier, you know, you you don't see guys for three or four years, and you uh, you catch up immediately. I think the last time you and I chatted, we were out at the Pete Club for the uh, oil um, oil country championships, uh, the golf there. When uh, when Will Bateman, I think, chipped mm. in for the win there on on that one. I think the last time we saw each other. 
Yeah, I think it would have been. I, mean, I know yeah. it's been a while, but yeah. Right. Are you still playing lots? Been playing a lot, yeah. Uh, putting a little bit of a little bit of time uh, the last four summers down at uh, Victoria and Riverside, working for Kevin Hogan, along with uh, along with a little bit of uh, time in the uh, in the old wine biz. So uh, yeah, yeah, got uh, got out quite a bit uh, the last uh, last couple of years. Things have been going uh, things have been going good. Well, you guys were teammates. Uh, Doug Hicks, Grant Fuhrer with us on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. For the one season uh, when Grant uh, started his NHL career, uh, Hicksy, you were just kind of, uh, you played the, it was your third season with the Oilers in 81-82. What do you recall about a young goaltender uh, coming up, uh, a high draft pick? Uh, what do you remember when Grant Fuhrer came into the Oilers organization uh, back in the early 80s? Boy, oh boy, you're uh, you're asking me to uh, dig into the memory banks uh, here. That's a few years ago now, isn't it, Jersey? Um, you know, uh, the first thing you noticed was, um, you know, he's he's catching with the wrong hand. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, they with with Eddie and uh, Pete Lopresti and uh, and Dave uh, Dave um, uh, Dryden. You know, like you know, regular regular uh, catching with the uh, left hand, and then you see Fierzy, and you're uh, you're in practice. Uh, or in uh, you know uh, firing on him and uh, and he's uh, you're you're trying to shoot for different corners because of his uh, the different glove hand that's the one the first thing, and then you know as we got uh, you know playing a little bit more uh, just his uh, his uh, unbelievable work ethic in the net like uh, man alive you know like a guy that just never gave up on a uh, on a on a on a shot never got up gave up on a in a rebound uh, we used to have little. You know, shoot around in front of the net, and we had Fierzy just dangling, and uh, but he never gave up on a on a shot, and that that was for the rest of his career. That was, uh, you know, that you could always count on him for for being there at the at the, the last second of that last shot to make that save for you. Grant, what do you remember when uh, you came and Doug Hicks was one of your defensemen for your first year? Well, you know what? As a young guy, you follow the veteran lead. I think <clears throat> I think that was the biggest thing is we had such a good group of veterans. I mean, I was just a 18-year-old kid that basically knew nothing. So I followed their work ethic. You kind of watch what they do. What and you look at Hicksy. Who else we have? Gary Riviere. I mean, Lee Fogelin. So we had a good veteran group in the back, and Ronnie Lowe was my partner at that time. So you kind of follow their lead when it comes to work ethic and that sort of thing. And it was a good group of guys, and apparently it must have rubbed off a little bit. Go ahead, Hicksy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you know, when Pat Price was here and Risto, I played with Risto uh, Sultan in quite a bit, and you had Kevin Lowe back there. And, uh, yeah, we had a good, uh, a real good group. Uh, Slots had put together some some veterans, some young guys, you know, with Mess and, and obviously with Gretz and those guys. So, so yeah, it was a uh, – and, you know, what an exciting time to come back to. Uh, you know, I was born in Alberta, mm-hmm. Cold Lake, and uh, grew up mostly in Manitoba. But, uh, you know, to come back here, and my folks had moved to uh, Red Deer – from Manitoba in 74. So to come back to, you know, kind of my home province uh, and a city that was, you know, starving for some uh, some NHL, it was uh, it was fantastic. Doug Hicks, Grant Fuhr on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show. So you came to the Oilers in 79, uh, Doug, in the expansion draft from Chicago, and you're basically coming in on the ground floor when everything is starting to get assembled to what would be a magical period of time in the mid 80s what was it like to kind of come in on the ground floor in 79 with this team 
Well, you know, like I said, you know, we, um, you know, I knew Lee. I played against him. So I had I I'd started in '74 with the North Stars. Was there three and a half years, Chicago for a year and a half, uh, and then they left me open for the expansion draft. So you know, I knew Lee. I knew uh, Pat Price. Um, I knew uh, Gary LaRiviere. I played with uh, played with those guys. Uh, Low Tide. I played against, even though he came in later in that year. Um, you, you know, you you knew there were some good solid guys that uh, that were on the roster at that time. So, you know, and then those the, the blend of the uh, the young rambunctious uh, guys up front. Um, you know, the with the, you know, like I said, with Kevin and. And Hans and Mark and uh, Lummer, my uh, my old roomie. You know, he was uh, he was a uh, as they call he he was a real prize. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> but uh, you know, gave it all on the ice. So, so yeah, he, he, we just knew kind of that there was a good solid nucleus there. That uh, you know, with the um, with the good coaching and uh, some some experience, that uh, this team could go uh, a long way. Go ahead, Grant. Actually, I had a question for you in the wine business. What, yeah. what's, the, what, what's the best new and upcoming wine you got going? Well, um, you know, uh, right now, uh, Spain is, seems to be the up-and-comer right now. The Spanish government, you know, to um, to start, uh, you know, getting some uh, revenue, uh, they're... Uh, they were going uh, their their economy a bit in the tank there, so they started offering wineries uh, incentives to get wine out there. So, so good quality product and at exceptional prices. So, so we go through a lot of Spanish wines uh, uh, in our uh, in our store, um, you know. And part of it is you know the the, the say, you know us being sales guys, you know, mm-hmm. and, and showing people our favorite wines. Um, you know uh, what else would be? Uh, Italy is still, you know, very very popular. California, so and so, their their taste profile is little on the uh, fruity side. So, so kind of that in between. You've got the nice Riojas with a little bit of aging to it, and then you got the Tempranillo, which has got a little bit of fruitiness. So, so right now it seems to be a, a real push to uh, to Spanish wines, both in quality and uh, and value. Well, it seemed you didn't leave anything out there, Hixie. Uh, I want to just say one thing. You know, we've had uh, Bonton Bakery bring in some stuff here. We've had uh, some nice pastries. We had CBH, a Canadian brew house, bring in a 40-ounce steak in, in the studio. I'm not I'm not seeing the wine bottles in here, though, this morning. Well, I know. Well, you know what? I'm uh, sitting in the parking lot right, out the, right outside the store here. I could zip over there in about uh, 10 minutes but uh, you know get, get me get me in the uh, studio there and there'll probably be a bottle of wine following me uh, uh, Doug Hicks Grand Fury on Sports 1440 so we'll switch gears a little bit then Hicksy talk about yeah. things at the end of the year so uh, why and when you, you had the store on 142nd for many years and then you continued on why and, and why did you get into the wine business and, and why is it a passion of yours I guess well, you know, I spent my last five years over in Europe uh, before I retired in 89. And, uh, you know, when we were over there, uh, you know, Cologne, Germany, you know, great wine uh, industry there in the Rhine. Um, then went off to uh, Austria, not so big in the wine, but but they're still there. And then I was down in Yugoslavia for a little while, uh, played there with Sylvania now. So, you know, drank a lot more wine, you know, and I was in my 30s. So, you know, the, the beer uh, was is great over there, but, they, you know, got in more into wine. And then uh, Lummer and I uh, started up a couple of Fabutans, and I, I ended up selling those in Lummer and I in 93. 
so Kevin Logan, uh, Kevin Hogan, mm-hmm. a good buddy of mine, uh, the pro at uh, at uh, Victoria, uh, he was working for um, Todd Crystal in one of the first wine stores in '92, and he came to me. I just sold the '93, uh, sold the things. I was looking for something to do, and Hogan uh, said, "I'm thinking about opening up a wine store over in the Crestwood area. Would you be interested?" And I had nothing going on, so I said. Let's do it. So we took the old ABC Spice Land, took half of that, uh, refurbished it, and uh, yeah, and like you said, uh, just got uh, got hooked on the, the wine business. The thing about the wine business is, in in and you know, the spirits, and it's a real lifestyle business. You know, you're you, you know, everybody has a glass of, of wine with uh, with dinner, and uh, you know, you're not going to have people uh, you know pounding a. You know, a couple bottles of wine. Well, you you do, but it's more of a. I, I guess you know. I, I'm looking at it more of like a sophisticated. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like you, you swirl the glass, you, you you nose the wine, and it's just it's just a whole process. And and like I said, it's a real lifestyle business. You know, everybody that you know, because somebody comes into a wine store and they're they're never in a bad mood. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're uh, they're looking for something to. To, or if they are, they're looking for something to, you know, to, to have a glass and enjoy with a, with a nice meal. So, uh, so yeah, I've been uh, been in it. I learned a lot of my stuff. I learned the ground floor. I didn't do any of the Samoyed stuff. So everything was was testing and trying and uh, and learning it right from the uh, right from the ground up. Um, you know, did some tours of wineries. Uh, but the nice thing about Alberta is we're such a a big province. Uh, because of our privatization in, in in the amount of products that we have, we have winery owners from France, from Argentina, from all over the world, specifically coming to Alberta, not Canada, to Alberta to uh, show us their wines because of the uh, volume that we do here and the selection we have after privatization. So, you know, any given day, I could have a Rothschild's daughter in the, in the store, you know, uh, you know, pouring wine for me. It's uh, it's really a cool, uh, cool industry. So, Grant, are you you and I? I, I think by your chuckle, are, we're on the same page here with the maybe a bottle over the glass or what? <laughs> hey, I remember some of my first dinners with those guys. There may have been a glass of wine or two back then. Uh, are you uh, red or white, Grant? Uh, if I was drinking wine, it would probably be red. Mm-hmm. And Hixie, what about you? Are you more red? What's that? Are you more red, Hixie, or white? You know, uh, you know, um, I enjoy my whites now. With uh, I'm a Chardonnay drinker, so I enjoy that as an aperitif. I'll have that with my salad and stuff. And then, yeah, yeah overall, uh, mostly, uh, uh, mostly reds. So, uh, yeah, Fierzy, I think I might have put on. I remember one time having a dinner for. Uh, for Kevin uh, and Gratz, they lived in the Lord Nicelet Nelson apartments above, mm-hmm. above Lummer and I, and uh, and uh, and brought out some brought out some wines, and the boys were scratching <laughs> their head and looking at me like, uh, uh, "What do we do with this? It doesn't have a pop top on it." <laughs> we had uh, we uh, we enjoyed some uh, some some good wines. Are you being in Palm's Desert? Are you more of a Californian drinker, Fierzy? Uh You know what? Not so much. I, mean, I still like the Italians. I like a good Brunello or a Barolo. Yep. So good. the Russian River Valley has got some good Pinots down here. But yep. other than that, I'm still, I'm still, I think the Italians are still my favorite. 
Oh, good, good, good. Well, you know how small the world has gotten with the Internet. Uh, you know, so every country in the world is putting out some unbelievable wines. You know, mm -hmm. they, like a guy from Bulgaria can get a hold of somebody from California and ask him about what I do with this grape to make it a little bit better. And uh, so consequently, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the quality of wine has just skyrocketed in the last 20 years. Doug Hicks, Grant Fear on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carrier Show. Uh, text coming in to one 401 Harry says Spain Cava is the world best. Klaus from Beaumont. I've been touting Spanish Rioja wines for years. I think I've got the spelling right on that. So Rioja. Rioja. Is that, uh, yep. is that the correct pronunciation there, uh, Hicksy? Yeah, say aha. They're Rioja. Rioja, yeah. Sometimes yep. the spelling comes in here. We're not exactly sure. So <laughs> Rioja. So that comes from Klaus in, uh, in Beaumont. Um, Let's double back to the start of your career, uh, Doug, when you started your junior career in Flin Flon. How did you get out to Flin Flon and uh, start your junior career with the Bombers? Well, I grew up in uh, in Winnipeg, and then we our family moved up to Thompson. My dad was a civil engineer, and we built the town site, or his company built the town site in Thompson. So that's that's where I played all my, uh, you know, from from eleven on. So you're in northern Manitoba. Your natural, your 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 go-to place is absolutely is Flinflon. You know, back in mm -hmm. the Bobby Clark uh, and Reggie Leach, they left in uh, in '69. Uh, so that was. You, you didn't play junior in Manitoba unless it was in, well, especially in northern Manitoba. Yeah. So, so yeah, the legendary Patty Junell was our coach. He was the guy that put together all those those tough Flin Flon uh, teams where you where you hear people uh, would come up on the bus uh, and uh, and get the <laughs> Flin Flon flu. That was because of uh, of Patty, uh, and it, it it kept on going. My first year in '72, I played with. Uh, Kim Claxon, Jack McElhargy, oh. Cam Connor, uh, <laughs> Gary Howitt, team. the Toy Tagger, like like he put together some legendary teams. And uh, but you know, back in those days, you needed it. You know, like our shortest road trip was to Saskatoon or Winnipeg, so 500 miles. And then uh, Victoria came into the league and Vancouver in '72. So we had to we had to scrap our way all the way to the west coast. Uh, beat the hell out of those guys because they were expansion teams. And then and then fight our way all the way back. You know through the McCrimmons and the Gassoffs and Medicine Hat and oh. Bladen and Phil Russell here in Edmonton. And you know so you you needed some uh, you needed some uh, some good tough teams. So. So yeah, uh, and in '74 the um, underage draft came in. So I was having a good year. I think I had 70 points that that year, and I uh, got drafted by the North Stars, number six overall in the first round, and started my career with the uh, with the Minnesota North Stars. So, so, so what uh, was that like, uh, Hixie? That for that stage, you know, sixth overall pick, you go to Minnesota, you played 80 games right right off the hop in '74, '75. I did. I played eighty games the next year too, yeah. and I played seventy nine games the the third year. I was uh, I was I was quick. Uh, you know, I uh, you know being in Flint Pond, you you get a little bit of time. I wasn't a fighter at all, but you know, I was uh, a pretty good hitter. I was very quick, so uh, so I managed to uh, to stay away from uh, from getting any uh, serious injuries. So uh, we we uh, you know have had a kind of a. You know, mediocre team. Some nice guys on there, like Billy Goldsworthy, I played with um, mm -hmm. uh, Cesar Maniago. Tom Reed was my defense partner. So, but uh, lacking in forward. So, um, 
so I think that's what kind of uh, spurred my uh, my uh, my second love of golf is that uh, we didn't make the playoffs for those first three years, so so I had an extra long uh, summer to, uh, to to hone my uh, to hone my skills. But you know, a, a great city to go to, um, you know, very similar to uh, to uh, to here. You know, wonderful people, down to earth, uh, cold, snowy. Um, so uh, so yeah, it was it was a, a great place. Uh, to, to start out a career, and uh, and then got traded to Chicago. Played with some, uh, played with an older team there, but uh, got a um, you know Tony Esposito is my roommate. Stan Makita sat beside him in the dressing room, and I got a real thrill. I got to play with Bobby Orr the last ten games of his career before he uh, retired in in '78. His knees were so bad. I'm telling people that that his knees were so bad. I think he probably said. Uh, if I have to play with this guy the rest of the year, I think I'm packing it in. So, but, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, and then came up to Edmonton, and that's where this uh, it all started up mm-hmm. here. Grant, you got something to add about his early career? Uh, maybe that you wanted to ask Hixie about. Uh, I think the Bobby Orr angle is pretty neat. That's pretty good. I want to know how Tony was as a roommate. He he was uh, an idol of mine growing up. So, and I've heard some interesting oh, stories. Yeah. Oh no, he was my roommate uh, for. Uh, for, uh, oh, I don't know, we probably played there about, uh, yeah, a, a, almost a full season, and I think I had him on the road, you know, for 20, uh, 20 games. Uh, we had curfew, but um, but um, uh, Tony didn't have curfew. He could come in whenever he wanted, so I would be in bed by 11, and 2 in the morning, the, the door would fly open, the hall lights would come on, and he'd grab me by the toe and said, Rumi, I'm back. And I'd go, thanks, Tony, for letting me know that. Uh, and then he would sit in the corner, uh, with the light on in those those little uh, in those old hotel rooms, and he'd have a one or two more uh, Miller lights and lay down and <laughs> pull the sheets up around his chin, and the the alarm would ring again at eight thirty, and it would take me fifteen minutes to uh, to kind of shake Tony and get him moving and and get him out of bed, and we'd uh, go out and he'd uh, he'd shut the <laughs> shut the other team out. He was absolutely uh, uh, you know just uh, uh, amazing and amazing. Uh, uh, goaltender, I'll tell you, he was uh, he was incredible. I got the uh, a real thrill. I was with the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Uh, I guess it was fourteen. Uh, we did a, a little um, trip with the Oilers, and uh, we went to Chicago. So I asked Grant Mulvey. He came to our box and said I was with the Community Foundation. He said, uh, "I said, is Tony around?" He goes, "Yeah, he's signing autographs in the uh, in the uh, the uh, lobby." So. Uh, so I went down there and I pulled up a chair next to him. There was thousands of people lined up to get did an autograph, and hmm. and uh, I sat down and he heard that this the chair scratching. He turns to me. I hadn't seen him for twenty five years probably. He looks over at me and he's got that plastic surgery going. He's got the cat eyes going and his hair dyed <laughs> jet black. And he he looks at me and he goes. Hexy, how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, 20 years later, I don't recognize you, <laughs> but you recognize me. His plastic surgery had got a little, uh, little anywhere, but, uh, but uh, yeah, well, a great, uh, great guy. Uh, a great story. Doug Hicks, Grand Fuhrer in Sports 1440. So if you ever look at, uh, and I know a lot of our listeners do, they check out hockeydb.com. Uh, on a daily basis because uh, you, you can just kind of surf around and, and see where a player has played, who he played with, and, and kind of check out his career. Now, your picture on Hockey DB, Hicksy, with that mustache is quite <laughs> impressive. 
Now, is that is that in your Oiler days when that picture's taken, or do you remember? It was. It was actually started in uh, in Dallas. Uh, I was uh, Chicago sent me down to uh, the New Brunswick actually, and I was in New Brunswick for um, for two weeks. And uh, Eddie Johnson, who's a coach, came to me and said, "I don't know what's going on, Hexie, but you've been <laughs> traded to. Uh, you're getting sent to Dallas." Well, I was at the airport the night before to catch my flight because it was so cold out there. Uh, the reversing falls were frozen. So I got down to Dallas. Johnny Muckler was the coach down there. We had a heck of a squad. Uh, we won the uh, championship in the Central Hockey League, and I think that's what got me on the radar from from with Slats because him and Muck were, uh, were good buddies. So, so yeah, being down in Texas, in Dallas, uh, the mustache started and uh, and came up to Edmonton with the, uh, with the stash going. I think I maybe... I was uh, channeling my inner Lanny McDonald a little <laughs> bit there. I had uh, I had it going a little a little on the long side, but uh, but yeah, you know, back in those days, things all come around, right? You know, forty five years ago, we were everybody had beards, Stan Weir and myself, and a bunch of us, and uh, and uh, then there, all the kids nowadays all have beards and and big mustaches. So so yeah, yeah, I had that uh, the big duster going there. So did you, Grant? Well, I wouldn't yeah, call yeah. it a big mustache then, but. <laughs> It didn't quite grow that well. If you're if you're the uh, the Fu Manchu there, you look like uh, that Mexican bandit there. I think uh, if I forget his name, Pablo Cruz or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, if I had hair. I could have hair then. Yeah. Now I have to have a beard because I got no hair up here. Uh, okay, yeah. So, uh, Doug Hicks, Grant Fear, just a couple more for you, Hicksy. Um, I know you okay. got to get get back to work and things like that. So, um, Grant was up uh, uh, for the for the Heritage Classic. Uh, you've been doing so many events uh, because you're one of the local guys here. Um, can you just touch on what it means to kind of stay involved with the alumni? You're there at a lot of the skates, uh, but just to kind of be involved with the team. Uh, you know, at this stage, you know, of your life to kind of still be uh, be heavily involved with a lot of what the, the team is kind of portraying and doing right now. You know, it's, it's terrific. Ever since uh, Bobby, um, uh, Bobby Nix came on board, uh, he's made it a priority to get the alumni involved in, in different things. And, you know, I, I really, like when Grant came up and said, you know, you, you, you run into people, you, you feel the vibe of the city. It has never changed over all the years that we've been there. People are just are huge hockey fans. And, you know, and it, you know, like everybody likes their ego stoked a little bit. So, you know, I'm a 68-year-old uh, old hockey player in the wine business now. But you, you go out to those functions and, you know, people's eyes light up a bit when they meet you. And, you know, all right, yeah, you know, I remember my dad watched you. You know, and uh, and to play in some of the uh, some of the games, uh, I went away for a little while. I, I was going to live the Jimmy Buffett lifestyle in the Caribbean. You know what? And after three years down there, I got I got so bored and so uninterested in 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 being down there mm-hmm. because I missed the seasons and I missed hockey season. You know, I missed the fans up here mm-hmm. and just you know going to a game and running into people and you know and 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 so many things came on board like an opportunity to work with the Oilers Community Foundation and the um, the amount of good things that they're doing so I had a 3 year stint there that I absolutely loved and you know the, all the the charity work that that goes out there and 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 you know and just visiting with people that just it's a it's a great city that's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm still here I'm still uh, I'll be here till uh, Till, uh, my kids put me in the ground. 
Mm, that's well said. Uh, I'm going to leave the floor open to each of you uh, to maybe ask each other something that whatever you want. Uh, uh, we'll start with you, Grant. And I know, I'm Hixie. I'm sure you probably are aware that Grant's been doing color now for the last two years with uh, Coachella Valley in the American Hockey League. Did you ever think that that would happen? Uh, maybe that's something you want to address. But you guys can just kind of have the floor for a couple minutes here. Well, Grant, it appears he didn't say a lot back in those days. You know, he was a uh, he was one of those uh, those young guys that came up and uh, kept his eyes open and his mouth shut. And uh, look what he look what he uh, look what he learned and uh, along the way uh, and stuff. And and Grant, uh, you you know, sitting back in that net, I, you have an analytical uh, mind. Uh, I know that, and uh, you know, so I think you'd be uh, you'd be. Uh, Fantastic on that. Uh, I'll just one quick question: What's your what's your cap at these days? What's what's the handicap at these days? No, well, I think we got the index around zero point six right now, so it's uh, still hanging around, playing a little bit. Oh God! Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm a good solid uh, nine now. You know, I can find any, I can find a way to shoot seventy nine, eighty. You know, whether it's whether it's forty six, thirty six, or <laughs> or the other way around. It, it always seems to uh, to do that. I'm heading to Phoenix though for three weeks in January, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to get a little golf in in, in the winter uh, now. So, well, uh, speaking of that, uh, this text comes in from uh, I believe. It could be Buck or Neil and Claire. Morning, boys. Hi to Doug. Golfed at Canyon Creek a few times. Doug is a pure gentleman. My wife and I really enjoyed golfing and talking to Doug. That's Neil and Claire. I'm not sure if you... Oh, God, yeah. From Canyon Creek. Yeah, that's a little uh, nine-holder out by the cabin there. Great, great. Uh, yeah, I loved uh, playing with you and your wife. That was that was enjoyable. So. Well, we really enjoyed uh, you coming on today, uh, Hixie. Uh, we'll be looking for that nice bottle of Spanish wine coming into the Sports 1440 studios soon. And probably... Uh, one sent down to uh, Coachella Valley and uh, Palm Desert as well. Yeah, sounds sounds good to me. Fears you great talking to you, and uh, keep up the good work on that uh, uh, with the team. And uh, and KK, keep your uh, keep your show going there. Uh, wonderful job. Thanks, big guy. We'll see you at the alumni skates. You got it. That's uh, Doug thanks, Hicks. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, uh, Doug. Uh, Doug Hicks with Carius uh, and Fear and Sports fourteen forty for. Our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Uh, check out the winter tire lineup. Plus, ask about the seasonal tire storage once you get your winter tires put on. That was a lot of fun, huh, Fierzy? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's been a while since I talked to Hixie, and we both have a love for golf. So you learn a lot when you're a young guy. You just kind of hang out in the room, and he played a lot of golf. Yeah. Ronnie Lowe played a lot of golf. So it's funny what you catch on to. Well, and he, he he comes out to my uh, celebrity golf tournament pretty well every year as well, so he supports that, and uh, we thank him for that for Easter Seals. So, um, he, as he said, you know, between that, and you know what, at the Alumni Skates, Doug's 68 years old now. He moves around pretty damn good for a guy, you know, pushing 70. He likes moving up in the play now. He'll stay, he'll stay on defense, Fierzy, but uh, he'll he'll wander up and is not uh, not too concerned about getting back at all, and why would he? You know, he was always kind of an offensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. So sometimes good defense is having control of the puck. Yeah. Uh, more with Grant Fear on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us.
Ah, that is that is one of the best Halloween songs going, Duke. You're really coming through today. Uh, welcome back to the big program. Sports 1440, Kevin Carey's Grand Fear with you on a Tuesday morning on Halloween. Uh, be safe, everybody out there uh, with the kids uh, ready to rock and roll late this afternoon and uh, heading out to all the, the houses to get things uh, going. A couple of notes uh, just to mention uh, Big trade in the NFL. I guess it's one trade. Uh, the Commanders and Bears make a deal. Montez Sweat goes to Chicago for a second rounder in 2024. Uh, man, the Bears uh, made a, a trade last year for Chase Claypool at the trade deadline. Uh, Claypool now in in uh, Miami, but one trade so far. Wow, we've got one trade in the NFL. Also a hearing today for Charlie McAvoy uh, after a hit uh, on Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, It's just a phone hearing. We'll see what happens uh, there. All right, uh, Grant Fuhr down in... uh, the U.S. after he got back from a three, four days of just nonstop uh, things here in Edmonton, nonstop uh, excitement uh, with the Heritage uh, Classic. Uh, man, uh, Hicksie had, when you think about number six overall pick grant in 74, uh, to start out in Minnesota at that time, Look, remember all the names he was talking about? He played with some massive players like Bill Goldsworthy and things like that. And, and the Tony Esposito story was quite funny, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I mean, I'd heard some stories about Tony yeah. <clears throat> growing up, and I definitely one of my idols. I mean, I think I was one of the highlights of my career. Is I got a chance to actually play against him on a Sunday afternoon at Chicago Stadium. So, I hmm. to hear that he is a good guy and has a lot of fun. It says a lot. I mean, I spent some time with him at the All Star Game in Hartford and had a lot of fun listening to some of the stories. So, and that's the fun of the older the generation that came before me knowing some of those guys and getting to meet them over the years is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that game like in Chicago then uh, when you faced off with Tonio? Uh, two-two tie. Oh, yeah. how do you remember something like just, that's ah, crazy. So uh, you get to play against your idol. Those games you remember. And most of your games against Chicago were 10-8. It seemed. They were not low scoring. <laughs> so at that time it was actually, we were running up numbers on a lot of teams and Tony played great. And everybody said at that time that Tony was kind of on the end and done. And he was phenomenal that afternoon. Um, why was he, was he because he was a right-handed catcher that he was one of your idols growing up? Yeah. And he played a little different style. I mean, mm-hmm. he had started that butterfly and I'd always, I liked watching goalies and one, we caught the same way. So that kind of caught my eye, but two, he was fun to watch. He was always exciting to watch. So you had Tony, you had Roger Crozier, mm-hmm. uh, big Glenn Hall fan. So and some of the athletic goalies back then. What was it about Roger Crozier? I remember him in, in Buffalo for so many years. And, you know, he was the kind of the guy, you know, in the early goings of the Sabres uh, franchise. Uh, was it his style too that kind of drew, drew you to him? Yeah, they were very athletic. I mean, when he was in Detroit, he was extremely athletic and, that was the fun part is you watch the guys that were athletic. I mean, a lot of the guys just kind of dropped to their knees, but they didn't bounce around like they did. And I found that to be exciting watching them play and just how they played. The fact that we caught the same hand just made it that more of an attraction. 
You know, as we speak with Grant Fuhrer on Sports 1440, um, I guess my first recollection of Tony Esposito would be the 1972 Summit Series when he was playing, you know, with Ken Dryden. And uh, basically, you know, they, they split most of the games. It was maybe a little bit, you know, in favor of Dryden. But do you remember uh, Esposito playing in the Summit Series at all growing up? I do. Okay. I do. And he played extremely well. I mean, I think, uh, I forget which game it was, whether it was game two or game three after Canada lost. Tony came in and played the next game and was all world. Mm-hmm. And he played phenomenal. And I, everybody was kind of, there was the debate as to whether Tony or Ken was going to play. So, and that's what you want. You want two guys that are great and both playing well. That series, um, I'm I'm sure you remember a lot of it because you're a big Hockey historian, if you want to call it that. Uh, is there anything in particular that when you go back to 1972 and you go, man, you know, this was, you know, it was a series for the ages. It was political. It was everything. Uh, anything kind of, uh, you know, come back and flood your memory bank with it? Well, I think at the beginning, before the series started, everybody just assumed that the NHL guys were going to run over the Soviets. And I think they had a little eye opener that opening night. I mean, actually through the whole series, the Soviets were a much better team than people realized. And it shows you how much talent there is around the world. And at that time, I don't think there was credit giving for how good the game was worldwide. So I think it was an eye opener for everybody. Was that your first exposure to Vladislav Trecek? And then how um, close did you follow him, um, you know, after that? Yeah, that's the first time I'd ever seen him. And easily at that time one of the best in the world so yeah you, you follow him to see what he was all about and the best game I saw him play was the game against Montreal the New Year's Eve game mm-hmm. where he, he stole the show more than anything and then over the years I've got the opportunity to get to know him a little bit and spend some time with him and just a nice nice man and what people don't realize is he was a big goalie I mean at that time he was 6-2 but he was a big 6-2 everybody talked about mm. how big Ken Dryden was but Trechak wasn't much smaller than Ken Dryden. That was the New Year's Eve game, correct? The the one you're talking about? It was. Yeah. It was. What do you remember about that one? Well, Montreal should have won by a bucket load. <laughs> but <laughs> Trechak stole the show. He was absolutely phenomenal that night. Uh, if I remember right, I think it ended up in a tie as well. 3-3, I think. Yeah, 3-3 tie. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I think during... I think it was during COVID they ended up playing a lot of, and they've even replayed the game a few times on New Year's Eve if there's been something going on. But man, just the the atmosphere in the old forum to see the amount of uh, passion again, because the difference between this one for our listeners that maybe not might not be uh, old enough to remember it, it was there were two club teams, so it wasn't you know at that time it was you know the Russian Red Army team, but they it wasn't their total national team, so. Having said that, most of the players on the on on the Russian team were from the Red Army team in a club team uh, atmosphere. So, uh, but they had so many wonderful players, and that was just an amazing game uh, to watch. So, uh, when we come back, we'll have a little more open time with Grant. We're going to get into maybe uh, some Halloween uh, stories. Maybe go back to some SCTV days back in the mid-80s when uh, the cast was doing uh, shows out of here. Plus, uh, Coachella Valley, a big game tonight, and it's the Day of the Dead, Fierzy. Is that correct tonight? 
That is correct. De Los Muertes. Oh, it's scary. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Uh, that's coming up with Grant Fear at uh, the top of the hour, just after the top of the hour. Before that, here is the Duke with a sports update.